Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So the U.S. men are not going to win a gold medal in a running race, really, for the first time ever. And uh, what's going on with our Olympic team? So I was watching uh, the U.S. men 4 by 100 We used to dominate that. Because oh, yeah. we'd regularly have either the fastest man in the world. Like, when we were younger, remember, it was always an American who was the fastest man in the world. And it was usually an American running against an American for who was going to be the fastest man in the world. And then they would be on the same team for the 4 by 100 and we would just smoke everybody in the world. Unless we dropped the baton, we'd win every year. Every which, Olympiad. Which they botched uh, yesterday again. But um, we haven't won a medal in that event since 2004. And uh, we're not going to win any running medals, uh, any running gold medals. And I don't know what happened to men's track Why? or just track and field overall. I didn't realize we went over so far. Or o for is it gold. over now? Over gold. Yeah. yeah, but it hasn't, which we've never done since 1980 anyway. And we didn't compete in that Olympics. So some of our women been doing great. Yeah, I don't know. So that's cool. I don't know if some people some people are going to get fired or what. I don't know. I think we probably have the best training still and that sort of thing. We do. One of, one of the interesting things about the Olympics is you realize how good our training must be because so many of the medalists from other countries, you know, they'll mention at some point and they go to USC or they go to uh, oh, yeah. the University of Georgia. You know, they, they come and they, they compete in the NCAA Division One best track teams in America and then represent their home country. Right. And and or. They got some uncle who's Blatavian, and so they throw on the Blatavian flag and yep. compete for them because they can't make the U.S. team. Ah, that's what's going on there. That happens I, a fair amount. I didn't yeah. realize that. Um, women's pentathlon, which I didn't watch, but I just saw a cool thing where uh, one woman from some country fell down, and they went to try to help her up to uh, finish the race, and she pushed him away. Get away from her. And she hobbled the last, like, 100 meters to cross because she didn't want anybody to help her across the finish line. I like it. Courage. Courage. So on a totally different topic... Unless, are there any Olympic tapes we want to play or anything? Yeah, maybe later. Eh. Meh. Oh, just for fun, play us clip number four, Michael. I think I have to relish and take this Olympics in and kind of recognize what I've done with my career because after 2016, I didn't get to do that. So you're keeping the door open. Yeah, keeping the door open. That's Simone Biles keeping the door open for the 2024 Olympics. Okay. What? You can have a mental breakdown. No, you're not. You can have a mental breakdown when you're even older. Has anybody nailed down whether it was like a mental breakdown or the twisties or both or neither or what? Don't know. What's going on with her? I don't know. All right. All I know is if she tries to sell me some sort of feminine hygiene product, I'm not buying it. Well, I'll tell you, let me, I'm going to say something that's going to make people hate me, but. Oh, um, boy. Not again. Well, it's another one of those we're treating her differently because she's a woman than if she were a dude, I think. She wouldn't get it, be getting this outpouring of sympathy if she were a dude, I don't think. From most I w- I places. Would agree. Yeah. Um Whenever I hear her talk, she doesn't strike me as particularly sharp, like a lot of people who dedicate themselves to athletics. Now, when Michael Phelps or other dude athletes have come off that way, people were willing to say that out loud. But sure, they make ever, the dumb jokes. Yeah. Nobody's going to say that about a, a young woman because it sounds mean spirited. But but the only reason I bring that up is getting to your question. I'm not, you know, on on what what what, what went on mentally here that she couldn't compete. I'm not sure she's thinking that deeply on this whole thing. Hmm. Okay. Well, she's, uh, you know, greatest gymnast of all time. That's enough. You know. Do you have to be a certain kind of mind 
maybe uh, sharp, maybe the wrong term. You just you're not as curious about the, the 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 many facets of the world to be able to dedicate yourself to swimming or gymnastics or weightlifting or any other sport. I think that's true in a lot of cases, sure. The whole dumb yeah. jock narrative, or um, uh, what is it, cliche, I don't know if it's dumb is unfair. It's just that not all of us could could every day jump in a pool and swim for 10 hours. we got other things we're interested in. Yeah, oh, yeah, and it need not be a value judgment. No. I mean, there are very no, few elite physicists who can throw a discus worth a damn. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm not doing a good job of it, but I'm trying not to make a value judgment on it. But... A lot of people who think about lots of different things and are interested in many different things could not every single day run for 10 hours. Their right. whole childhood and early adulthood. Right. It would make them insane. Yeah. It would sound miserable. Yeah. Well, different strokes for different folks, as sure. they say. The great Phil Mickelson has said that uh, to be an elite golfer, you have to be extremely intelligent or pretty dumb. If you're in the middle, it doesn't work so Really? Yeah. Why is that? You either have to be able to break down and enjoy breaking down every single factor that will affect the shot and all the possibilities there are for counteracting them, or you've just got to be so simple-minded you don't care, and you just turn it loose. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Anyway, uh, what does he know? So uh, this is... I don't want to be all apocalyptic today. It just happens that virtually everything I've looked into, I've read, I've been interested in today has led me to the conclusion that we are moving rapidly toward a system in which an all-powerful government has its tentacles in the economy, in, in communications, in tech, is, is watching us in many different ways and is attempting to manage humanity. No more presumption of liberty. There is a presumption of government involvement. And I think it's 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 awful. Having said that, Matt Taibbi has been doing some fabulous writing lately, including what he's been calling Meet the Censored. And he announced at the beginning of this, he would be writing shortish essays showing people who are being censored by big tech and or the government. And he was going to alternate. Liberal conservative, liberal conservative, to make the point that the problem is not that they're getting your side. The problem is that they're getting anybody Mm. and that we all have to be united on this. I think he's a terrific writer and thinker. I love him. I disagree with him on all sorts of stuff, uh, but I just he's a smart guy and I think he's an important voice. Anyway, the one he featured recently, Michael will enjoy this for reasons that will become clear very soon. Taibbi's essay begins as follows. 100 years ago yesterday, this is written a couple of days ago, July 29th, 1921, Adolf Hitler was elected leader of the National Socialist German Workers' Party, later known as the Nazi Party. Michael, I lured you into it under false pretenses. This was a sting operation. (laughs) The Hitler bell is exclusively for use when somebody brings up Adolf Hitler to illustrate a point unnecessarily. Specific and scholarly mentions of the Chancellor of Germany are permitted. Mm, okay. All right. That was Under the, the Armstrong and Getty Constitution. That was the Hitler bell that only goes off if people are just, like, throwing Hitler into a conversation. I, I, I believe... 
At one point, <laughs> at one point, I was accused of making too many Nazi Germany references. There you Nazi go. Germany. Untoward. That just is a scurrilous accusations. Anyway, so uh, blah, blah, blah. Hitler uh, elected leader. The combustible army corporal succeeded the party's original leader, Anton Drexler, whom Hitler originally had been sent to spy on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The 533 to 1 vote set in motion a series of events that would dominate the next two and a half decades of world history. All right, why are we talking about this? There is a young Jewish internet commentator named Manny Marotta who's been maintaining popular accounts on both Twitter and Instagram called 100 Years Ago Live. His simple, clever, and enlightening mission is to describe history as an actual contemporary might have in the language of modern social media tools. Very popular, tens of thousands of followers. His accounts remind us that the past was once news, that stories we now remember as ossified, fixed narratives captured in black and white were once fresh, suspenseful events that filled contemporaries with excitement and uncertainty. History was today when it took place. Okay? And he does snapshots of socialist congresses in Lily, France, all sorts of, all sorts of chapters of history. So why are we bringing this up at all? I'll finally get to the point. He, his Instagram post on Hitler's ascension uh, shows his picture and does it as a news story. Well, he was uh, he was blocked. He was banned. He was uh, suspended from Instagram and I believe Twitter saying that his historical post violated community standards. When he appealed the decision, the rejected they rejected him again, saying his content went against their guidelines on violence or dangerous organizations. Since the beginning of the content moderation movement, Taibi writes, a major problem has become apparent. Human beings simply create too much content on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for other humans to review. Machines have proven able to identify clearly inappropriate content, like child porn, although even there, the algorithms occasionally stumble. Uh, but asking computers to sort out the subtleties of different types of speech... Differences between commentary and advocacy, criticism and incitement, reporting and participation has proved a disaster. A theme running through nearly all of the Meet the Censored articles that Taibi has written is this problem of algorithmic censorship systemically, systematically throwing babies out with backwater, with bathwater. I'm sorry, it's an old expression that I screwed up. Anyway, we'll, we'll post this essay at armstrongandgetty.com. It's absolutely worth reading. Uh, it's terrific. Um, and, and, and I remain committed to the idea that the cure is always worse than the disease when you ask Mark Zuckerberg and these people to censor. That actually is leading to my major point, has to do with, um, well, a lot of stuff I've observed, but an article in The Hill written by Kristen Tate, who I don't really know her work, but the title is Coming Soon, America's Own Social Credit System. And... She points out that since the January 6th riots, several web giants have unveiled what effectively could become a soft social credit system by the end of this decade. Jack, you know, you could probably describe the Chinese system for folks. Yeah, they, they keep track of your whole lives, uh, everything you do in your life in China and give you a score. And if you're uh, above a certain score, you, you can live your life a certain way. And if you're below a certain score, you, you can't. You have even less freedom, and it's everything from you know paying your rent on time to getting caught jaywalking to what you watch on television and how often you badmouth the government and they, they, they what you f- post online. Certainly, they factor it all into your social credit score. Now, come on, China, which so, we're come getting, on, U.S., which we're getting closer to. Like private companies, kind of have that going right now, at least with your 
like if you uh, return items too often, uh, all the big companies share this information, and you're known as the sort of person that's going to buy something and return it too often. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But, you know, uh, does, will the government get a hold of that information eventually? Probably. Well, right. And, and actually, that's a great point, and I'm glad you made it. Some of these things you're going to say, well, that's private companies doing what they have a right to do. But you have to wait because there are dots that need to be connected uh, because soon – and, and we've already seen this. The private is being mingled with the government. Right. Where the White House tells Facebook, yes, you should probably take down this post. And then Facebook voluntarily takes down the post. All right. Now we're getting really close to a First Amendment problem. But anyway, what Ms. Tate is writing about is relying on an indirect hand from Washington, D.C. Our social betters in corporate America will attempt to force the most profound changes our society has seen during the Internet era. Then she goes into the Chinese thing. But given the position of several major American companies, a similar system may be coming here sooner than you think. Listen to this. Oh, my God, I just saw the time. I'm going to bring it together for you. Name the players, how they're cooperating, and how it's clearly moving toward. And I'm not like talking in ten years. I'm talking like in in ten weeks. Wow. Toward a Chinese style, you will be squashed if you dissent from the corporatocracy, uh, a line of what's a permissible opinion. And we'll get to some of the the real facts on whether or not the vaccine is uh, been approved or not. Uh, there's a lot of talk about the emergency approval and all that sort of stuff. We'll do that this hour also. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Has anybody isolated yet the sound of the big Oregon guy winning the gold medal on the shot put last night? I like that sound. The great Ryan Krauser. Of just his grunt. That's what we need to get at some point, okay? Just the grunt. Give us the grunt. So, talking about the... A couple of trends coming together in the United States, including uh, big tech censoring various posts on the Internet. We've talked about this a lot. Deplatforming people, kicking them off Patreon, not letting them uh, make any money on YouTube because they've run afoul of Mark Zuckerberg or Google's way left, you know, feelings about the world. And also that the White House itself has directed social media to censor various people in various ways, which is chilling to free speech, to say the least. And then Thanks, uh, reading, this, reading this article <laughs> in The Hill, Kristen Tate writing in uh, an editorial comparing the current situation and, and where it's moving toward the Chinese social credit system. And she mentions that PayPal last week announced a partnership with the left-wing Southern Poverty Law Center, which is one of the most perversely dishonest groups in america they exist to raise funds at this point and they raise funds by portraying everything to the right of mitt romney as as white supremacist or extremist i've heard it described as every word of that is wrong southern poverty law center it's not in the south they don't deal with poverty and there's nothing legal about it they ignore the law yeah they exist only to brand anything the least bit conservative as extremist but paypal has announced that they're partnering with the SPLC to, quote, investigate the role of white supremacists and propagators of anti-government rhetoric. 
What does that mean? Anti-government rhetoric. Subjective labels that potentially could impact a large number of groups or people using their service. PayPal says they're going to share that information with other financial firms and politicians, too, and make sure nobody can use PayPal for an organization that they don't approve of. And again, taking orders from the White House and the Southern Poverty Law Center. I think taxes are too high. That would be anti-government rhetoric. Yeah, clearly an extremist. Facebook is taking similar measures, recently introducing messages that ask users to snitch on their potentially extremist friends, which, considering the platform's bias, seems mainly to target the political right. The U.N. is also stepping into this, um, and, and they ask a couple of questions, like, um, da, da, da. at what point does free speech, be it against biological males playing in girls' sports, for instance? Or questioning vaccine side effects, just questioning. Or advocating for gun rights. At what point does that make you a target in the new system? And when does your debit card get canceled over old tweets, your home loan denied for homeschooling your kids, or your eBay account invalidated because a friend flagged you for posting a Gadsden flag? You know what sound I would make if that happened to me? I'd make this sound. Love that. <laughs> That's the shot put winning grunt. Ryan Krauser, who can heal a big old heavy ball further than you can, further than anybody else can, too. A little about the emergency authorization, a little about showing your vaccine card, a couple of things you ought to know, and maybe you'll disagree with coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Authorities across the country are facing a growing problem of counterfeit COVID vaccination cards, like this stack selling for 40 bucks on OfferUp in Texas. And right now, the FBI is reportedly investigating a fake vaccine card scheme in Chicago. We found there's a whole marketplace on the dark web for these dupes, driven by demand from people who are still hesitant to get the vaccine. Yeah, I wondered that when I got my vaccine card. Uh, at the time, it wasn't it didn't really mean much, but now, for instance, in New York City, they're making you show your vaccine card to get into a restaurant. But when I got my vaccine card, I don't know about yours. I think they're all different as far as I know, depending on where you go. It's just a little, like, three-by-five note card cut smaller that, that like, typed on there the date and the place. I mean, I could make I could make ten of those at my home today that would look exactly like it. Yeah, if you're any good at Word, Microsoft Word, you can produce as many as you need. <laughs> or you own a typewriter. Yeah. it's There's really not much to it. So if we're going to go down the road of, of the vaccine cards or what gets you into places or not, or onto airplanes, or yeah, there's going to be a lot of fake ones around. I wouldn't go online and pay a lot for a fake one. I would just print one up myself if you want to do that sort of thing. Uh, by the way, on that subject... um. So a person tweeted this out, and there was a response, and I'll read it. Some uh, New York young uh, white college girl, which is a certain sort of person. Oh, my God. Tweeted out, requiring New Yorkers to show medical papers to allow them to participate in society will be the end of my relationship with New York City. As of yesterday, I'm actively trying to leave the only place that's ever in all my life felt like home to me. 
So that means she moved there from somewhere else, and she felt like home in New York because they understand the values of intersectionality and all the other crap that I'm sure she's into. But now it doesn't feel like home anymore because they're making you show your card. Well, and it's also a humble brag that only the great New York could fit me and my giant spirit. Right. Uh, Tim Sandifer retweeted a blue checkmark response to that, which was an all cap saying, you've you have always needed proof of vaccination to participate in society. If you don't remember having to do so, it's because it was an unremarkable norm. Your parents took care of it without being drama queens. So can you. In other words, getting shots to go to school. Mm -hmm. Almost uh, pretty much all of us did. So really not that exciting. Uh, how it became exciting, I don't know. Mm, oh, uh, and this just came out. The vaccine maker Moderna said that protection from its coronavirus shots remains strong that at 93% effective six months after full vaccination. So at least the Moderna one is still holding up. So the potential for booster shots can be put off a little longer. Yeah, the, the science I'm seeing in its preliminary is that it it's... Its ability to protect you completely starts to decline, but its ability to protect you against hospitalization and death, which is uh, uh, the, the the two biggies for me, uh, they continue pretty well, but we'll know better in another year. So we have had people even today say they're never listening again because we're pushing the vaccine too much. Had a bunch of people very angry at me last week because I had on a guest who was uh, anti-vaccine. A uh, friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show, Mike Slater, was on. And um, he said, nobody's coming near me with the vaccine. And he listed the reasons why he's not going to get it. So no matter what we say about the vaccine, somebody's going to be mad. I got it. I think you should get it. But if you don't, I don't care. Go ahead. Do whatever you want. I wish I'd been here for that segment. I was uh, slacking off as usual. But uh, anyway, oh, interesting. Um, he, uh, our guest had gone through some of the stuff about the FDA emergency youth au- use authorization, which is a lot of people's reason for not wanting to get the vaccine. Tim Sandifer, who is pro-vaccine, Tim, the lawyer, friend of the Armstrong and Getty show, also tweet, uh, texted to me personally this stuff. And so I'll just read to it. By the way, one of the things that your anti-vax guest got wrong, the FDA's emergency youth authorization is exactly the same safety test as permanent authorization. The FDA test thing is in stages. First it tests safety, then it tests effectiveness. Emergency youth authorization and permanent authorization use the same safety part for the test. The permanent authorization then also includes a test of effectiveness. That's what hasn't been officially done yet, the effectiveness test. That's why it's not permanent authorization. Um, We know that it's effective so far, but uh, it hasn't been effective long enough to get the permanent authorization standard. As far as the safety is concerned, emergency use authorization is identical to full authorization. The vaccines are as safe as they can possibly be. Uh, People often use the example of a polio vaccine that came out many, many years ago and killed some people, gave them polio. That actual vaccine used uh, actual virus in the vaccine. Nobody uses the polio vaccine anymore. They stopped using that way back in the 60s. The COVID vaccine is a Myrna vaccine, not a live virus or killed virus vaccine. So you can't possibly get COVID from the vaccine the way you could from that old polio vaccine, which is some people's reasons for not wanting to get the vaccine. If you want to argue with that uh, point, you can go ahead and text or email them. Feel free. And again, I got the vaccine. I'd get the booster shot tomorrow. If you don't want to, fine, I don't care. That's my position. Yeah, you're here. I'm with you on that. Do whatever you want. Yeah. You know, it's a, we got one angry, insulting email from some jackass. About, hey, quit, uh, you guys. You know, know nothing. You know nothing. Quit talking. 
about the COVID thing. Uh, it's driving gigantic, sweeping, radical government policies and uh, policies that are uh, utterly devastating to our nation's children. Uh, so I think being up on it and, and helping share the facts with you and, and what's not true and, and pointing out where there's government overreach and why it's overreach, I, I we will continue to do so. And if my angry jackass uh, correspondent, Dan, doesn't want to listen anymore, don't. That's fine. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Yeah, teacher, Goodbye. teachers' unions, the big ones, are starting to soften their commitment to in-person instruction in the fall. And some of their the reasons is the teachers aren't vaccinated. So this getting vaccinated or not discussion has ramifications, not just in your own personal life. Yeah, I would say really important ones. Hey, uh, this has ramifications too. Uh, insurance and and well, not getting broken into, but also just feeling safe. And that's simply safe home security. A quick word from our beloved sponsor, simply safe. You can have all the security of a state-of-the-art security system protecting you against fire, a burglary, medical emergency, or whatever, but a lot less than the other uh, traditional systems cost and a lot simpler to use. Yeah, Simply Safe applies to a whole bunch of different aspects, but again, it is the best system according to a whole bunch of people that we respect and who take a look at this sort of stuff. So you go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong, you click around a little bit, and you can customize the system to your home. It'll come in the mail in about a week. You'll set it up yourself. Yeah, nobody, not a team of people aren't coming into your home between 2 and 6 on a Friday. Uh, no, you're going to set it up yourself in about 30 minutes, and you'll have instant access to help with a fire, a burglary, a medical emergency, or even just help setting up the system. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. As our listeners, you can save 20% on your Simply Safe home security system. Get your first month free when you sign up for interactive monitoring service. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Do it. Can I hear the grunt again from the behemoth throwing the shot put? <laughs> yep, that's me putting on my socks in the morning. I've got to do something about my eating. I just. I've lost all control. I'm now like. I'm now like a cow. If you put enough food in me, I will eat till I founder, till I no longer can stand on my feet. You'll fall over on your side and moan. <laughs> exactly. Like a dumb beast. That's which no a, way to be. Which a lot of you have known for quite some time. Whoa. But that was actually the sound of the shot put winner winning the gold medal. Now, the other night in the Olympics, they had what is being called by some the greatest race in Olympic history. Uh, and it's very, very exciting. We should have played the uh, clip again because the, the the clip was damned exciting. It was a 400-meter hurdle uh, competition, and a couple of guys set the world record, both of them, and finished neck and neck first and second. Well, the, the second-place guy is claiming that the first-place guy used illegal Nike shoes, dubbed the Super Spike, found in Nike's Air Zoom Victory and Dragonfly models. That have got some sort of like little spongy, springy things in them. I don't see why you should put anything beneath a sprinting shoe, said the second place finisher. In middle distance, I can understand because it's cushioning. If you want cushioning, you can put a mattress there. But if you put a trampoline, I think it's bull-ass. And I think it takes credibility away from our sport. Well, is it legal or isn't it? Uh, Apparently it was legal, but he thinks it's uncool that it is legal and that it... uh, that, I don't know, I guess he's insinuating that he would have won if he had the springy shoes. I no, know. I have audio of that, by the way. I just yeah, got why it. not? It's a, good, it's a good clip. Okay. That was a great turn from the American. It's Ray Benjamin and his nemesis, Kirsten Warhol. The American is reeling him in. The world recorded. Oh, 
on this event somewhere that we didn't think it would be for decades. Under 46 seconds flat. So these two guys had been going back and forth through their whole careers, and it would be a little disappointing the guy who finished second, if you, you did all the training, you got yourself in the right mind space, and you broke the freaking world record, but you were like uh, a nose behind the guy in front well, of you. <laughs> well, now, major, major foul on your part. You left nationalities out of this. The second place guy's an American? Who's the first place guy? How can I have belligerent nationalism if I don't know who's who? I just dropped something I'm going to need for the live commercial coming up in a second, so I need to bend over and get it. Dude's from That's the sound of Joe picking something up off the floor. Headphones are up. That's the noise I make when I bend over. Dude from Norway barely beat the American by wearing his cheating. By cheating. By using his cheating shoes. Why don't you just put a mattress under your feet if you're going to do that? I agree Never turn your back on a Norwegian. Oh, I've been saying that since I was a kid. I, I teach my kids that. Norwegian. Who among us have not chanted Norway? No way. You meet a Norwegian, check and see if you still got your watch. That's what exactly. I say. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know why we had to go there. Speaking of lesser cultures, it is expected by some demographers there's going to be a gigantic woman shortage before long. How many gigantic women are there now? <laughs> okay, now. Uh, luckily, I, I got me a woman, so I don't have to worry about it for now. But uh, there but is going to be a women? gigantic... Shut up. No. A gigantic shortage <laughs> of normal. There'll be plenty of normal-sized women. You go you... looking for a nine-foot woman, they got none. Not a single damn one. <laughs> and those you get, they got, they're scratched and dented. So you got to take them. Okay. So the, the punctuation is important here. So uh, there is going to be a woman shortage of large proportion. Indeed. Okay. Yeah, tragic. Okay. Horrifying. That, among other things. And China looks like they are really building up their nuclear arsenal. Some reporting that's just out today that is scurry, like goes back to Cold War times, us in the Soviet Union, and uh, out of our friend Josh Rogan, who we had on the program last week. He said this is a major deal. Anyway, all that stuff on the way. Armstrong and Joe Getty, the Armstrong and Getty Show. Proud equestrian father Bruce Springsteen covering ACDC's classic Highway to Hell for some reason. Is that a recorded version or is that live? I mean, did that he? Sounds recorded to me. Yeah. Why, um, do you, why do you do that? Or is it got a new album or is it for a is movie there an soundtrack? ACDC uh, cover album coming out, maybe? Something mm-hmm. like that. Anybody know, Michael? Do you know? No, I will find out the information on it. It's become you, pretty clear to me as a music fan that more and more people are moving the direction of, for good reason, of. If they just feel like in their mood to put out a song, they put out a song. The idea mm-hmm. of putting out an album is there's no point in it. 
John Mayer specifically has just been like he gets in the mood for a song. He writes one. He gets together. He records one. He puts it out. And it, it, it gets a lot of listens and gets some attention. But the idea of having an album, why? Yeah, and given the capabilities these guys have and the equipment they have, they could do it in two, three days, too. Yeah, you get inspired and you have the song out by tomorrow. That was actually Tom Morello and uh, along with Eddie Vedder and Bruce Springsteen singing that. Huh. And uh, they got a new album uh, coming out October 15th. Together? Like no, it's just Tom Morello. Or? It's just one of the tracks on his new album. I don't know Tom Morello. He's uh, raging against the machine. He's a Marxist lunatic. <laughs> I don't need to know his politics, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, all, they're all Marxist lunatics. They're musicians. <laughs> no, he's especially a Marxist lunatic. He's dedicated to it. Anyway, so I, I mentioned this, and it, it's it's shocking and it's true, but in a lot of cultures that are not only every bit as good as Western culture and American culture, but better. In fact, they've got to be better because they're not Americans. Uh, if you ask the folks, do you want a little boy or a little girl? They'll say, oh, a boy. A boy is much more prestigious and auspicious and more profitable, and girls are a pain. So if they can, they will abort little girls. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that's remember, brutal. anything that's not American is better than our culture. Southeast Europe, Asia, since the 1970s, China, India, a big imbalance of boy-to-girl births. It's selective abortion. And um, they call them disappeared births, babies that would have been born but were aborted. And the research, according to BMJ Global Health, said abortions of female babies caused around 45 million births to disappear. Now, over a 50-year period, just about, from 1970 to 2017, but that's still about uh, you know 10 million uh, per decade. Yeah, that's right. Ten million per decade. Well, and since only women can have babies, oh, canceled, canceled. He said only women can have canceled. babies. Birthing people. But since only women can have babies, those women from early in that fifty-year period are women that don't exist to have more babies. Way right. going way back, that could have had girls, that could have had babies. Right, exactly, and it tends to compound on itself. And uh, they're predicting four point seven million fewer female births. Uh, well, that will be lost by 2030 if things don't change. Uh, and, and then that becomes, that can become an enormous problem. And they've dealt with this to some extent in China, uh, which, you know, if uh, the communist government only lets you have one kid, you're going to choose a dude. Well, there are, there are millions of boys who, who, or men who can't find a partner. They can't find a mate. And uh, demographers say fewer than expected females in a population could result in elevated levels of antisocial behavior and violence may ultimately affect long-term stability and social sustainable development. Pakistan and Nigeria, among several countries expected to see the uh, number of female births fall over the next few years, although the trends there are predicted to slow after 20 years. But as technology gets better and you can identify the sexier kid, the, the, the technology meets like these these awful attitudes um, that generally holds sway for a while. And you have uh, disappeared births. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That birthing people, that reminds me. I was, I was considering producing this or just doing it uh, for fun. Uh, I am strong. I am invincible. I am birthing people. Just every great song that has the word woman as, as a lyric, it can't be sung anymore because that's hateful. There's no such thing as a woman. 
Now, maybe you're a birthing people person, but you just identify, "Ah, don't even ask, please. Wealthy people are renouncing American citizenship at higher numbers than they have in quite some time. Uh, They've got the numbers here, and I'm looking at the graph. Number of Americans with assets over $2 million have renounced their citizenship, and it's got to do with taxes. All-time high in 2020, 237% increase over 2019, as uh, as, uh, a lot of people that got a ton of money particularly are looking at the rate of spending that we're doing in this country, which will uh, inevitably result in a rate of taxation that is, well, if you've got unheard of spending, you're going to have unheard of taxation. It's just a question of when. Yeah, there's no getting around it. American birthing person, stay away from me. <laughs> American birthing person, mama, let me be. <laughs> let me think. I came up with some other ones the other day. Um, oh, my gosh. Man, my mind has gone blank. I should have jotted them down. There are I, a lot of good ones. I, I got some interesting stuff on uh, where politicians are getting their money now. Major change just in the last couple of election cycles, which will have an effect on our politics, already his. And uh, people are paying attention to Twitter, and they're missing out on a lot of the biggest influencers in America. And these two stories fit together, among other Mm. things we can talk about in Hour 3. Armstrong and Getty.